This is a Ward Scott Files advisory. The Ward Scott Files podcast may contain material not suited for people who are easily offended. Trust us on this. This show contains adult information and opinions. Please protect small children, sensitive pets, fragile houseplants, and liberal relatives. Thank you. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Good morning, good morning, Professor Ward Scott here in the manly Warthog Man Cave in the piney woods of north central Florida in God's country. By golly, in the Melon Law studio. Melvin Law is the only official law firm partner of the University of Florida Gators. They are a full-service legal firm, and we're protected 24-7, 365 by crime prevention. Always get protected locally. That way you know and they know, and the bad guy knows too. Let me tell you something. We are alive and well, as Johnny Winters used to say. Um, We are survivors, by golly of the storm. It came pretty close to us and had a pretty big wind uh, episode here. We got a big oak tree down. Uh, Fortunately, it did not fall on the fence. And fortunately, it did not fall on the cattle. So we'll leave it lie there. And then at the suggestion of Ted Yoho, in the wintertime, I will start Ward's Organic Wood. Isn't that funny? All wood's organic. Anyway, Ward's Organic Wood. We'll take our big Ward... Uh, big um, log splitters, and we've got a couple of big ones, buddy. And we'll cut them up and have some fun. Always remember the sailor's saying, there never was an ill wind didn't blow somebody a good. And it's the only time guys with chainsaws get to get a check cut right there next to that which they're cutting. When I was a younger man, I used to pile in a pickup truck with my buddies and follow the storm. And we would cut things off of people's houses and out of their yards. And insurance man would come right along and cut us a check. So there's never an ill wind that didn't blow somebody a good. I'm always like that. You got a positive out of negative. Well, we got a positive out of negative this morning. We got Erin Buss. This is a bundle of life here. I've just met her, but I can tell you already she's the real deal. Uh, she uh, is uh, doing something for Dance Alive. And I'm just learning what it is as well. This is our Dance Alive Thursday. We put it off a week because of the storm and this and that, one thing, another. So here we are. Usually we would have been a week previous to this Thursday. So you're looking at the Dance Alive National Ballet Thursday. And I'm going to sit back and let Erin tell tell me all about herself. Uh, I, I know that there's a lot of vivacious energy here, but so what? You know, <laughs> what are you doing with it, Erin? Oh, <laughs> uh, Ward, thank you so much for having me on today. And it's a pleasure to be able to to be with you, but also to be able to share about Dance Alive National Ballet. So I grew up a dancer. Dancing was my, my go-to hobby when tennis, piano, and swimming didn't pan out. 
I continue to focus with with dance and and thank you to my amazing parents who invested in it. As any person knows, it's truly an investment of both time and finances if you decide to train as as a dancer. So definitely took my opportunities where they were in Ocala, Florida, where I was born and raised, and then also drove up north to Gainesville, close to where you are, and I trained at Poe Falls with him and Judy and enjoyed my time there while I was in high school going up for classes here and there. And I decided to continue my pursuit of education at the University of Florida, where I got a degree in business management and also my MBA. And then while I was there, I continued to dance with Judy and Kim and in college had the chance to dance with Dance Alive at a couple of performances and enjoyed it as a recreational activity and as my my gym. That's where I would go to, to stay in shape. So after I finished my, my college and education, came back to Ocala, where I have been working in the financial industry for almost 20 years. Really? So, You're not that old. <laughs> I appreciate that. So I actually am right now the executive vice president of development and strategy at Southeast Trust Company. We're a, a statewide trust company that provides estate planning services and investment management services for individuals. And it's, it's a great local organization that's really able to pivot and help individuals specifically with their, their needs. And we can serve in specific capacities to help support them and their families. And in the meantime, working, I have three amazing boys that I get to raise with my husband, who's a high school sweetheart. And that sounds like a handful. It is. It's a handful and a heartful is what I tell yeah. people. It's a heartful. And yeah. I, have, I have twin 15-year-olds who one of them dances and the other son, he plays lacrosse. And then I have a 12-year-old son who plays travel baseball. So, Ward, we are never home. <laughs> <laughs> and that is okay. That is okay. But I, I continued to want to dance. And so my sister and I and a couple other families, we actually opened a studio in Ocala back in 2000. Oh, gosh, it was 2007 when we opened. And we ran this performing arts conservatory in Ocala where we provided education that focused on dance, but also had performing arts in regards to piano, voice, guitar, as well as acting. And we would put on full service shows at the end of the year that included all of those facets and it really pulled the community together. But our dear friend COVID <laughs> caused a pause oh, in that. And we, we oh. did close the performing arts conservatory, but it was a good time to transition. We, we now were able to turn to our families, be able to focus time on them, and we have enjoyed doing so. And in that focus, my son has continued to dance. And that is where I have been able to turn back to Dance Alive because he trains with Kim and Judy up in Gainesville and also has been part of the Nutcracker for the past. This will be his fifth or sixth year. I should know that number by heart, but I don't. And so I've been able to connect with Dance Alive through his dancing again. How old is he again? He's 15. Perfect. Yes. Yeah. 
Yes. So he just was cast as Franz in Nutcracker this year. So we're excited for him to have that opportunity. And I was able to continue to keep up relationships with Kim and Judy because of his involvement. And it's been an inspiration to watch them and how they work with the communities of both Gainesville and Ocala. And we were able to connect for fundraising options and was able to participate with Dancing with the Stars. And that was, golly, Ward, that was in March of this year, which seems like it was so long ago. And after that, it had like a couple weeks ago to me. No, gosh, really? <laughs> and when you get old, time goes a lot faster, Aaron. It goes faster. Yeah. It goes faster. Yes, yes. So since then, I was asked to be on the board to help support Dance Alive and its efforts, especially since we're looking to, to build a new home for them. And so it's been exciting to, to meet new friends and connect with the Gainesville community and continue to help support the dance that I've left up, the dance life that I've loved. Aaron Buss, let me tell you, we're going to put a little surprise with you listeners and watchers now. Uh, we're going to show you that this is the real deal here. She won <laughs> the Champagne Gala Dance uh, event, if you will, in 2023 uh, with my friend, the Cuban Comet, Roberto Vega, who is fantastic. And she really shows him up. I mean, you wait and see. Uh, Zach, can you run that? And then uh, we'll, we'll talk about it. Pay attention as we move forward. And please welcome... Doing the show that jazz dance, Aaron Buss and Roberto Vega. Aaron and Roberto, please give them a loud round of applause.
Well, you just got treated to a real deal there. Uh, the professionals are indistinguishable. I mean, Roberto obviously is one of our great, great dancers with Dance Alive National Ballet. He is from Cuba. Um, Cuba, oddly enough, in spite of being a totalitarian socialistic state, really appreciates the arts. And dance is one of the things which you know thrives in Cuba, but it doesn't thrive with the freedom that the Cubans enjoy. There's so many stories to be told. We had a Cuban female dancer. I'll never forget what she said, Erin, when she arrived here. Uh, the vehicle she was in stopped for a traffic light, and she involuntarily exclaimed, oh, my golly, your traffic lights work here. <laughs> oh and that was so, I've never forgotten that. I've never forgotten that. And the other thing is she, along with a couple of the other dancers that I've interviewed over time, are American citizens now, and they did it the way you're supposed to do it. They went through the process proudly, learned all about the country, are real, real patriots to the country, and come from countries that are really kind of on a banana peel in terms of how they're going to be governed. So I wanted to tell that a little bit about who your partner is and uh, how great you look already. You've lit up the board here on the chat line um, saying great routine and fantastic and all that. We'll probably run out again before we get uh, into the uh, end of the show and Aaron has to move along. So, Aaron, let's talk about that champagne gala and let's talk a bit more about what you have brought besides energy and vivaciousness and talent and discipline and what you hope to bring. Let's talk about that a little bit. Sure. So the Champagne Gala is one of the largest fundraisers beyond grants and other very generous corporate and personal contributions that Dance Alive puts on every year. And the Champagne Gala, the entertainment is actually the Dancing with the Stars portion of the event where each of the professional dancers at Dance Alive, so Roberto, he is partnered with a local citizen, a local representative, someone from the community. So what Dance Alive has done is they've welcomed in some Ocala representatives, which I got to be this past year, along with other members of the Gainesville community. They're realtors, they're politicians, they're attorneys, they're different, they're doctors. So there's a really great variety of individuals that come together and they train. They train with the professional for about three months. It's not very long. And they learn a routine. They practice the routine. They get costumes. And then they are charged to perform it one time in front of three live judges and an audience full of people. When I say full, there's at least 400 people there, if not more. And it's a beautiful event. And the entire purpose of it is to raise funds and awareness for Dance Alive. And the partnering with the professionals really helps to bring a connectivity between members of the community 
and dance alive. It makes it much more tangible when you create relationships with individuals. You know, Roberto, I know now about his family. I know about his journey to get to Florida, to get to dance alive. So it makes it so much a more personal type relationship with the entire company. When you go to see a performance of Swan Lake and you see Roberto on stage, and now you understand more about him, and it helps you want to support that organization even more so. And support is so important for this event because how you can win in this event is be two ways. One is through the support of votes from community itself. So it would be a dollar award. If you gave me a dollar, that would equal a point. So there are some dancers that have incredible marketing skills and these these celebrities that are charged from the community to raise money and awareness for Dance Alive, where they're raising 10, 15, $20,000 from their networks within their community, showing the support, not only for the community member, but mostly for Dance Alive, allowing this nonprofit organization that brings art and beauty to our Central Florida area to be able to thrive. And so this gala is so important every year that we have support from the performers, the professional dancers, but most importantly, those that would vote for the Viewer's Choice Award, and then the judges then will decide who wins for the Judges' Choice Award. So it's a great event. It happens in March of 2024. I want to say it's the 30th, if that is a Saturday. So you might have to check me on that one. Uh Um, I don't know exactly the date myself, but we'll get it nailed down as we get a little closer to it. But uh, that's an excellent summation of what really is encapsulating all the effort that goes into producing this fundraiser. We have one other event that is an ongoing event that is really going to take um, the shoulder to the boulder, if you will. Mm. And that is to raise money for our new studio. And maybe we can talk about that for a moment, Aaron. First of all, let me give you a little history about that since I'm on the board as well before you came along. The focus was, of course, of course, we're going to wear out the place where it's been all these years where you train. So we were thinking of looking for already, um, uh, stru- you know, a structure existed already. Good luck. Very difficult to find that could do everything we wanted to do. And so I was kind of the person behind this. I mean, at one point, I did have a broker's license in real estate. I really, at one point, was very active in making things happen, if you will. And I said, listen, you need to go find your own piece of land. Let's stop horsing around and we'll we'll build what we want. Well, all, that was daunting to them. But I said, what choice do you have? You know, time's running out and you're not getting it done. So we met, we found an ideal place, of course. And we've talked about that on the show. Then we had to go through the zoning changes. And we had to convince the, the buyers, I mean, the sellers that, this is the highest and best use of this property, which it is by a long shot. And so now we've got the property. Now we've got the zoning change. Now we've got the city buy-in. Now we want to raise the capital to create a really what will be a showpiece of the arts for this community. It will be located at 39th Avenue and 34th Street on the northeast corner, which is currently a vacant lot and has been forever. And it will be a magnificent place to have this dance studio, art gallery, you name it. And 
Let's talk about what we need to do next to make that happen, Aaron. I know you're very much involved in that. Absolutely. So, Ward, thank you for your your help in finding that perfect piece of property for the new future of Dance Alive, but also Pofalls Dance Studio. So, Pofalls has been in the same location north of downtown for many decades, and it has outgrown that space, but they've used what they had very, very well and creatively as artists tend to do. They use what they have and maximize it to its fullest. And by having this new facility, they will be able to continue to provide excellent training, but also they're having music rooms with pianos. They're going to have the art gallery, as you mentioned. And in addition, they are planning to build a black box, which could be another opportunity to help give back to the community, to be able to open that theater-like structure for other people to be able to use as an alternative to some other rental spaces that tend to be booked up quite frequently and may not have the, the flexibility that this space will have. In addition, they're planning to ensure that there's outdoor space for people to enjoy safely, as well as have a storage space in the back, which is essential for Dance Alive because it has so many pieces of very, very valuable costuming, as well as set pieces and additional flooring. There's so much storage that comes involved with moving a production from year to year and location to location. So by building this facility, one that is going to be very well constructed and a little bit um, art deco from what we can see has some some great artistic flair to it, will provide a home for this future of dance in Gainesville and in North Central Florida. It has been very strategically designed for safety in mind for all of its students, but also for convenience of the parents and the professional dancers as they train in conjunction with Poe Falls with the regular studio students. So the design itself has been very thoughtfully created, and it is essential that we move forward to be able to build this space for the future of Poe Falls and Dance Alive. Ward is going to take a lot of money, but we know that there are thousands of people that have supported Nutcracker, Swan Lake, who just nameless productions that have been graciously put together by Kim and Judy for our benefit. And so now is the time for us to be able to provide support and show them that we believe that this can be something that can be done in perpetuity. Oh, I think it's going to happen. It's just going to be uh, a matter of networking and um, letting people know, as we are right now, uh, the magnificent asset that is to the community. Uh, Zach, I'm going to break off and talk to my production guy a minute. Zach, I just texted you another view of the dance. Did you get it, my man? Okay, you want to have it by the break? Okay, well, let's, we're going to run that one. I just texted in the other view of you dancing, Aaron. You deserve two or three uh, episodes, really. Um, the one we sh- saw a moment ago uh, was the professional one done by right. the professional people. Uh, the other one, and that was from sort of behind you, uh, the one you've got, which I clipped off your Facebook page, um, shows you from the front. Okay. And, and it's a little bit, a little different view. Uh, and I thought, you know, why not? Sure, you get to see both things. And you <laughs> mentioned 400. Uh, 
It might be more than that, Aaron, there, um, more towards 600. Okay. The wonderful thing about Legacy Park in Alachua is a facility that can accommodate one heck of a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And in case you all are listening and viewing, you've never been to Legacy Park. It's a magnificent town to begin with. Alachua is known as a good life community. And Legacy Park is a a gift of vision that we all got together and put our heads together. Um, first of all, we had to wrest the land away from, as we always do, the developers. You might want to put up uh, the ever-present single-family residence or whatever. And um, ubiquitous single-family residents and uh, talk them into making this extension of culture. And one of the things that I personally worked very hard on was bringing the dance to Alachua because I feel that dance rounds out the culture of a community. And I have to applaud uh, the city leaders of the city of Alachua. They have taken to, to Dance Live National Ballet uh, as a duck to water, to use a cliche, and absolutely embrace it and support it. We even have dances. You might talk about this for a moment, Aaron. Uh, outside, um, on the facility there, do you are you familiar with that? I I am I am, which is a very interesting uh, performance space for for anybody to be able to perform in an amphitheater type setting where it is completely open to the elements. And typically, Nutcracker has a performance that is outside and it creates some some opportunity to be creative with dressing rooms to be creative with ensuring that dancers stay warm and are able to perform to their utmost potential but it also just brings energy to the dancers because it's a new space you're so used to to performing within a theater compound and to have this new type of of uh, I guess challenge to be able to work within it is fun and it's exciting and it and it brings some freshness to the performance. Yes, it's really unusual and people love it. They bring their chairs or kids or blankets um, and sit back there under the stars and watch art and mm-hmm. watch these performers on the on the outside dance stage. It's, right. it's like Greece, you know, uh, the amphitheaters of Greece. Mm-hmm. Um, which were all outside, you know, and uh, performed on those uh, rocky places they had. A uh, very big dramatic component to the Greek culture. And uh, thankfully, they passed it along to us. Um, I'm going to show one more time here. This is a different view of Aaron. And uh, the previous viewing here was kind of from behind. Uh, this one is going to be from the front. It's the dance she won with Roberto uh, in this fundraiser called the Champagne Gala. And you'll see right away why she did win. I don't, I've forgotten how many participants there were. You probably know, Aaron, but let's run that, Zach.
All right, we're back with the dancer. Here she is, Erin Buss. <laughs> now, we were telling a story that you all couldn't hear. We're going to get Erin to repeat it because this just didn't happen. Of course, they practice. But let's go back to the beginning when Roberto realized something about you and he didn't know. <laughs> so I knew of Roberto, watched him perform several times since my son actually performs with Dance Alive. I was the mom that would drop him off sign documents, pick him up, bring him lunch. So he knew me as a a mom, but he didn't know me in any other fashion. So when Kim said that I'd be dancing with Roberto, we get to our first rehearsal. Kim did their amazing choreography with Roberto's, some, some flavor from Roberto as well. But we started. Kim said, all right, Aaron, let's let's get to work. We're going to do this. Here's this step. Blah, 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 blah. And Roberto kind of was like, all right, here we go. Dancing with the stars. We can do this. And she pressed play. And I started to, to move to the choreographed movements that she placed on me. And Roberto goes, what? Kim? And Kim goes, oh, I forgot to tell you. She actually used to dance. And so Roberto's eyes got real big and he said, okay, let's do this. So we, we learned the piece in, in two hours, two one-hour sessions. And then we rehearsed probably at least six or seven more times. And some of those rehearsals, gosh, they, they were probably not up to their best potential because I got injured. I, I hurt a rib at one point. Roberto got injured. Uh, we both got colds at some point. And so you show up, but you, you do as much as you can without, um, you know, completely hurting yourself. Um, but obviously we healed and we were able to have a really good time performing. Roberto was so patient with me. Uh, it's been a long time since I've done a lot of those movements, but Whoa. those lift. Yes. So some of those lifts, he was very patient to do repetitively. And you obviously build a lot of trust with someone when, when they're lifting you over their head. And so it was, it was a fun journey. It happened so fast. So I do encourage anybody if, if they want to participate or they're asked to participate as a celebrity, as one of the stars for Dancing with the Stars, the experience itself is, is so fun. It's fast. It's not a lot of time commitment, but the, the, the journey itself will be unforgettable. And you know, the whole time you're helping to promote Dance Alive, which is an organization that truly deserves to be shouted from the rooftops as to what they do for the community. Well, you know, we'll close out with this little story, perhaps. Um, years ago, when they asked me to be in Dancing with the Stars, uh, the first thing I realized, Carlo Mancio was my partner. And the ballerina, of course. And um, the first time I realized that there was a lot of difference between dancing on a bar stool in Fort Lauderdale Easter time. (laughs) 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 Uh, uh, With a picture. I've got a picture. All right. Uh? I said, I've got a picture in my head right now. Yeah. (laughs) yeah, And uh, shirt off. (laughs) <laughs> and dancing with a professional and um, the one, two, three, one, two, three, uh, boy, I'll tell you what, but we had a lot, a lot of fun. And um, we had not lifts, but we had some gymnastics involved in it. And um, uh, it, it was, it was a lot of fun. So yeah, I realized right away, Hey, there's a, 
there's there's structure to what these people do. <laughs> well, we've been talking with Aaron Buss, who lives actually in Ocala, but has um, three boys, a handful and a heartful. And one is right now with Dance Alive National Ballet, 15 years old. And she's on the board with us. And we're trying to do all we can do to keep the arts vibrant and important in the community. And we appreciate everything you do, Aaron. Appreciate you coming on. Um, I'll try to get a cup with a brand on it. Aaron doesn't like my cup here, you guys, because it doesn't have the brand on it. Well, I didn't bring this cup to myself. I won't say who did, but I will say, where's the cup with the brand? Okay, I got you. That's good thinking. You know, you're getting thanked by Ken Hillier, who is in Atlanta, watching you, Aaron. And um, uh, we appreciate you coming on. Anything you want to close with? You probably just closed and I stole your thunder. Yeah, I do want to thank you for the opportunity to be here. I've enjoyed working with you already on the board for Dance Alive. Thank you for what you're doing to communicate the the brilliance of what this organization does. And I ask the community to to support Dance Alive financially, but also, you know, as you attend performances, encourage those dancers. Applause means more than you know. But with this big project that we're working on to build a new home for Dance Alive, it's going to take a lot of effort a lot of funds. And so we are going out there and, and really helping to build the, the new future for our performing arts in Alachua County. Thank you so much, Aaron Buss. And we'll be right back with Ward's weather in a moment after this break. Although the owner of Lewis Oil Company maintains she is 29, Lewis Oil turns 60 years old in June. Chevron would like to recognize the North Florida second-generation family-owned business, celebrating its growth and staying power. Lewis Oil Company maintains significant on-hand supplies, strategically located fuel depots, a delivery fleet, on-site service, fuel card locks, and convenience stores. Lewis Oil Company understands its responsibility in the local economy by providing service and delivery on demand and in crisis. As a first responder for 18 Florida counties and the southeast from Texas to Virginia, we are proud of this rare accomplishment. Lewis Oil delivers. Attention all Gator fans, Meldon Law is giving away a chance to experience the Florida Georgia game like never before. Two nights stay at the Hilton on the River, dinner at Ruth Chris Steakhouse, two premium tickets to the game, and a football signed by Coach Billy Napier, and much more. Go to the Meldon Law Facebook page and look for the VIP experience for two. Good luck and go Gators! This is Ward Scott, and I want to thank all our sponsors who keep the show going and pay the bills. The Ward Scott Files premium sponsors are Crime Prevention Security Systems, Large enough to serve you, small enough to care. Melvin Law, the only official injury partner of the Florida Gators. Ward Scott Files Gold sponsors are Lewis Oil Company, Shoot GTR, On the Spot Dry Cleaners, RR Construction, and Style Cuts. If you are interested in promoting your business on the show, you can visit our website, www.wardscottfiles.com and click on the Advertise Here banner on the right side of the page or call my friend Freddie at 352-284-3733. Again, thank you to all the great businesses that support the Wardscott Files. And remember, if you like the show, 
Thank our sponsors and support the businesses that support us. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber for having listened to it. May God have mercy on your soul. Or that very much surprises me that you've never been tased. You can't handle the truth! All bees poop. Warthog. He's going to come up the steps. Here he comes. Oh my goodness, and he's huge. Hello, boy. I wonder if we can pet him. Hi, boy. Can we touch him? No, don't. Help me! Help! Help! Alright, Ward's Weather right now brought to you by Lewis Oil, Chevron Station's Fossil Fuel. Great supporters. Well, we survived this storm. It didn't impact us as much as we thought it might because it appears that at the last moment, it veered a little bit more west and saved us a really direct hit. However, you know, along the coast, there's been a lot of damage. Flooding and damaging winds will be part of the legacy of this storm on the southeastern United States, uh, clear up into the Carolinas. And the storm is now swinging out to sea, but its effects are going to linger and probably produce dangerous surf conditions through the Labor Day weekend. So it's been heavy rainfall, inland flooding, and uh, that's been the basic kinds of impact most of the places. A large swath of the southeast uh, will be at risk of flooding and coastal impacts uh, as they interact, as this storm interacts with frontal boundaries uh, that are stalled out over that, that particular regions will continue to really go um, affect Savannah, Wilmington, Virginia Beach, and places like that. It's um, four to eight inches of rain can occur all the way through eastern Georgia, the Carolinas, through the late part of the week. So comes right on the uh, Labor Day weekend, as life would have it. Um, the low country <clears throat> at, uh, will have the surging waters of the Carolinas and Georgia, There'll be road closures during Labor Day weekend, and many of these rivers may not crest until sometime Sunday or Monday. So uh, they'll reach the least the moderate flood stage. So the uh, event is, how shall we say it? What I think they do, really, these hurricanes, they suck the energy out of the Gulf, which is loaded with warm water, and it prepares for the fall. And the weather begins to cool down after these storms come through. That's kind of my observation over the years of how they affect the weather. We just had a wonderful presentation by Aaron Buss, who's the real deal. As you can see, can dance like you can't believe it. And as an older lady, if you will, I don't want to say that negatively, but has three boys. Um, So, you know, she's not 19 or 20 years old. But, you know, dancers can dance quite a while if they take care of themselves and they're disciplined. Um, one of the things we talked about was her partner, who is from Cuba, and what it take, takes to get out of Cuba 
I have found right now, this is where I'm going with this story, probably till the end of the rest of the show, that Americans, United States citizens, don't really quite get what is about to happen, could happen to their country. Because the government is padding the impact with printed money. Gives the misinformed, the ill-informed, the ideologically driven person a false sense of security. But you take people who are here from Venezuela, from Russia, from Cuba, from Brazil, from Colombia, and they know. They know what's happening. I was standing in line for a hamburger the other day, and there was a fellow in front of me who obviously spoke Spanish and was from a Spanish-speaking country, but who had a job, was working here with our county, had on a shirt, indicated so, and paid eight bucks for a hamburger. Maybe half his hourly wage. And since I was behind him in the line, he just sort of turned to me and exclaimed, I didn't know him. He didn't know me. Eight dollars for a hamburger. And I said, yeah. What does that tell you? And then he launched off into how numb the American public was to what could happen much quicker than they thought. We've been covering this narrative quite a while. What I'm about to share with you now is that Enrique Terrio is about to be sentenced by the government. He was the leader of the Proud Boys. The federal prosecutors are asking a judge to sentence the already convicted Proud Boys members to decades behind bars. Ontario from Cuba, the Cuban past, could face up to 33 years in prison. The longest sentence yet in the connection with the attack. He, on January 6th, personally 
watched the insurrection, if you call it that, from a hotel in Baltimore. But he was guilty of communicating with some of the Proud Boys and said, whatever happens, make it a spectacle. Whatever happens, make it a spectacle is Is it not open to interpretation? Now he is considered to be part of a gang guilty of seditious conspiracy. against the United States government. The other thing which came up in his trial is that the cops were looking for him because he tore down and burned a Black Lives Matter flag outside a historically black church in the nation's capital during December riots. Oh boy. That got him in trouble. He is gang of Proud Boys has been labeled a neo-fascist gang. The prosecutor said that that gang organized and directed a force of nearly 200 to attack the heart of our democracy. Prosecutors presented hundreds of internal messages revealing the group's toxic rhetoric Toxic rhetoric. And culture of violence. Ario has been singled out as the leader who directed, mobilized, and led a crowd of 200 supporters. But he wasn't there. He was in Baltimore. His own lawyer and an FBI investigator said Terrio helped authorities prosecute more than a dozen people in cases involving drugs, gambling, and human smuggling between 2012 and 2014. He's 39 years old. He was born in Cuba, born in Miami, to Cuban immigrant parents. And he was initially reluctant to join the Proud Boys, but finally took a job working with them as security.
33 years from Cuba. A hamburger is 89 bucks. Eight or nine bucks. Of course, the leader of all this is Trump, who really, if you think about it, has about 76 million people in his gang. Those who voted for him. The deplorables. So the story is still to be written. Which way will your children find their country going? And do they even realize it? Is a hamburger for eight bucks to them? A cheap, that's at a place where you stand in line. You don't go in and sit down. Meanwhile, I talk to the restaurateurs. They're barely able to make a profit. But what are the chances of them speaking up? The only place they've got to speak up is at the election booth. But the integrity of the election booth has been eroded. We know that. The authenticity of the votes less able to document. We know that from our own research. Members of the group were the Black Lives Matter flag who burnt the Black Lives Matter flag were ordered by a superior court judge in D.C. to pay $1 million to the church. For ripping down a Black Lives Matter flag and burning it. These United States government people who are members of the gang of deplorables, they don't trust it. They don't trust it. They don't trust elections. They don't trust courts. They don't trust the CIA. They don't trust the IRS. They certainly don't trust the media. And they're waiting 
or an opportunity to express themselves to the election process, and they don't trust that process. This is a shaky time. If you don't think the integrity of the voting process as eroded, here's a story from Minneapolis. We know what happened in Minneapolis. Obama put a heavy contingency of Muslims in that Minnesota area, and we get the squad. Cortez goes to South America and courts those corrupt leaders. Voter registration forms in Minnesota will be included in prison discharge packets. And the prisoners will not even have to wait to fill them out. Minnesota has a state law that restores voting rights immediately rather than upon completion of supervised release or probation. So that a Democrat government so if you were being released Would you vote for the Democrat government or tend to? Minneapolis, Minnesota. This is being led and spearheaded by Democratic consultants. I guess locally, this particular supervisor of elections, Kim Barton, didn't bother to wait on the law. Went in and signed up people to vote anyway. She'd have never, ever, ever, ever been caught if we hadn't caught her. Never been caught. We caught her. The Ward Scott Files caught her. Think about it. Stay tuned. Stay informed. Prepare yourself to be presented information you need to check out. Let's put it that way. We'll try to do our best to keep you informed. I'll try to get good people in here to help you. Because as the Cubans standing or the man from Venezuela or 
standing in the line in front of you for the eight or nine dollar hamburger knows what's happening to the United States of America. It appears better than many of its own citizens understand it. Have a good day. Warthog Command Center out.